nuclear. Now is it crick or creek? Coyote or coyote? Sometimes I say library. Welcome to You're Saying It Wrong. I'm Fletcher Powell, and each episode we turn to the people who literally wrote the book on this, sister and brother team Kathy and Ross Petrus, and we'll dive into what we get wrong and sometimes what we get right when we try to speak this weird English language. Well, hey, guys, we had such a great response to our 100th episode. Thank you to everyone who participated in that and and everyone who will participate in the future, because, of course, we still have plenty of questions left over that we didn't get to that we will continue to get to over future episodes. And also, if you are one of those people who enjoyed that episode, please remember to review us on your podcast platform of choice. Rate us, review us, because that's how people end up seeing more of us and more people can find us. And remember to tell all your friends. If it's good. If it's good. Yeah, good well, reviews. yeah. Go, <laughs> don't review us if you don't like us. <laughs> I guess this would be like a hate listen. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you even doing this? But as we said, uh, we're going to continue to get to more questions in future episodes uh, and in the current episode, because we're going to start out with one right here. Hello there, it's Cheryl calling from Winnipeg, Canada. In a discussion about words used incorrectly, my cousin stated that she hates it when people say, I borrowed her some money. Well, agreed. She went on to say, of course, the correct statement would be, I lent her some money. And my question is, is it though? When would someone say, I loaned her some money? Libraries loan books or are books on loan? Banks loan money, don't they? But then he is a money lender. It's all very confusing. Can you sort it out? Thanks. Good question. It's a very good question. And language is extremely confusing. And in this case, though, we're going to really reduce the confusion very rapidly. And then we're going to proceed to become more confusing later. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that what we usually do? (laughs) Yeah, so... In the first case, though, lend and loan are interchangeable. You can use either one. Loaned is the past tense of the verb to loan. Lent is the past tense of the verb to lend. And both words mean the same thing. However, let's start getting confusing. Okay, some people say that you should only use loan when it's money, which I think is stupid, frankly, but that's just my opinion. Um, And some people say you use lend for everything else. So it's money loan book lending but the british tend to use to lend in america you can use loan as well now both words used to be used completely interchangeably and the word basically goes back to the ancient proto-indo-european the first language the indo-europeans spoke and i'm going to pronounce something really bad but it was loknuas which is which is suffix from the word liko to leave And then both were used interchangeably. And then over the years, loan took precedence uh, in America and lend took more precedence in England. So either one is usable. Although I was going to (laughs) add, to make it still more complicated, lend, though, has more meanings than loan, right? Yes. You can use lend, like, like lend, I forget which dictionary said it was imparting a quality to something. You go like, you know. This uh, it lends a color to it. It lends this mm-hmm. feeling to it. And lend can also mean to, adop- to adapt something. Like uh, right. this bedroom lends itself to be used also as an office. Yes. 
And we would never have Shakespeare say, friends, Romans, countrymen, loan me your ears. It's lend me your ears. So I don't I, I prefer loan me your ears, Ross, now. <laughs> I'm gonna need those for a little while. <laughs> I promise I'll give it back in ten minutes. I mean it. <laughs> So, so yeah, that's the, the but then the interesting thing was, I, we've got to address very quickly the, she said she hates it when people say, what was it? I borrowed her some money. Have you, yeah. I have you never heard that. Money. I have never, have you guys heard it? I've never heard that. Kids in my elementary school said it all the time. I don't remember, really? I, don't, I don't really hear it much as an adult, but I remember kids all the time saying that. Yeah. yeah that's interesting. Yeah, I do too, actually. I guess you were in a different elementary school than I was, Kathy, but I, I think we were in the same one. So. <laughs> Well, you were two grades ahead of me. My grade was sophisticated. <laughs> but one thing I want to add right now, and with this whole talk, like Kathy pointed out, and we, you know, we're talking about lend using having different meanings. One really fascinating thing about all languages are the subtleties of, and that's where we're going to go into words right now that sound alike, but they have different meanings or whatever, but the subtleties of how you use a certain word. And it was funny because yesterday I was watching a sci-fi, really bad sci-fi, but the guy goes through a uh, time portal. And I was just sort of thinking, because portal is door. But I would never use portal for like, I opened the portal to the bathroom at all. But you would open the portal to the spaceship. Yes. And it's just, and they both mean door, but they don't, but you don't, you know, you use door and door has a certain kind of more casual meaning or a technical meaning. Portal basically screams out to me sci-fi or like something of real import, if you know what a I tomb. mean. Yeah, we, a we, tomb. Yeah. We, 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 yeah. 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 A portal, a portal is sort of serious. It's got heft. A door is yes. just a door. Yeah. Yes. Okay. A door is just Good. a door, but a portal has heft. <laughs> yes. I like we need more t-shirts, people. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're going to segue. This, Ross, you usually do the segues, so mine's not going to be as good. Go ahead, Cass. Segway away. Lend us your ears, Fletcher. We're going to test you on the other hand. Fletcher. What is the difference? <laughs> these are words, these are sort of confusables and sort of not. They're words that are similar, but, but different. Oof, okay. How's that for All right. pithy? All right. <laughs> and they're commonly wrongly used or commonly, you know, I mean, we, we, we're going to go into like what's right and what's wrong. These are commonly generally accepted not to be used in the correct way, and there is a generally accepted correct usage. Our first confusable are assembly versus assemblage. Oh. Assembly, assemblage. Assemblage. You say assemblage? I say assemblage. I, I've never heard anyone ever say assemblage. Yes, you have now. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that was incorrect, because you just did. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, yeah. In a literal sense, what I said was, was not true. Yeah. <laughs> I, this is the first time I've ever heard anyone say assemblage, and it sounds... <laughs> I don't, I don't know, Kathy. That sounds kind of ridiculous. <laughs> and I talk about hoity-toity all the right time, right? <laughs> okay, so another thing about not hearing is that I rarely hear anybody as say assemblage either. I mean, I, I never hear. I, I pretty much always hear assembly. Uh, I don't know really. 
I assume since you're asking that that people kind of use them interchangeably, and further, I assume that they are not exactly the same. But since I never really hear assemblage, I don't exactly know what it's supposed to be. Well, this is the weird one. We put it in because uh, I actually agree with you, Fletcher. I don't really hear assemblage at all. I hear it in the art world. Let me let me guess real quick. And this I'm just totally okay. throwing something at the wall. And assembly is when um a bunch of people let's say let's just say people like we could say things but i'll say people get together mm. and assemble mm. assemblage mm. is when you assemble something so you are the one putting things together actually that's wrong okay i mean it's partly <laughs> correct and that's what but but your your wrongness is what i assumed as well this one really got to me because i would say what's the what's the let's just let's just look at this one way what's the broader word what word takes in more stuff that happens what do you think what? Um, Which word like has a bigger umbrella? Which word can you chuck in more meaning to? Well, uh, I mean, I would say assembly because I still don't really know what assemblage means. I would too, and you're wrong, and I'm wrong. So and everyone's assemblage wrong is the more general word. Assemblage is can be used freely in reference either to persons or to things. I was basically using it for things, like Kathy said, an assemblage of art stuff or whatever. But it could be basically. <laughs> you could be an art critic with that, Ross. <laughs> Well, I, I have to say the worst language in the world, or the worst use of language in the world are art guys talking about their art. And our mother was guilty of it. They have a, you know, this symbolizes the, you know, whatever. But it's a collection of things or individuals formed by, you know, forming into a union, assemblage of logs, an assemblage of people. Assembly was, until recently, now it's changing, was restricted um, to a group of persons gathering together in a given place for a purpose of acting as a unit or something happening, like we had a school assembly. I would have used assembly much more gen generically, wouldn't you guys? I would never say assemblage. No, no, I, I mean, I haven't. Well, I, I, I do when I talk about art stuff. It's like one of my friends is an artist and she does what I used to say, <laughs> an assemblage, <laughs> and now I'm embarrassed to repeat. But and and it's it's like she'll do things with like driftwood and found objects, and and it's it's a mixed media, yeah, assemblage as I would have said that I would use too. Yeah, doesn't that feel a little more technical though? Yes, yes. it does. And that's what and, I would have used it for too. But they have here like an assemblage of farmers from every section of the state as being. See, examined. I think that sounds stupid though. I don't think I would people say would ever say that. No, I would say a group of farmers, assembly. to be honest with you. I wouldn't even say yeah. an assembly. Because yeah, to me, okay, an assembly is too. like official. Okay, in mm -hmm. my head, an assembly is more official than just a group. But now, interesting, interestingly enough, the OED has um, a, assemblage used as a people getting gathered together, and they say it's less formal than assembly. Oh, wow. Less formal. That's what I'm saying. Assemblage is the is the go-to word, and I don't have it as the go-to word. Yeah, but I'm looking at their examples. The they stopped using this, and eight, the last example they have in the OED is from 1877. So I say <laughs> we just chuck it. I, I, we're done. No such thing. It's assemblage, I, yeah, but, and it's art, and that's it. <laughs> and, and what is happening is exactly that. Assemblage is now being, apparently, from looking at how the words are being used, assembly is now taking on the broader meaning than it used, a broader meaning than it used to have. Which I think is is consistent with how I felt. I felt assemblage is to Kathy as like an art thing. I would never say an assemblage of farmers from every section of the state. 
I would say like Kathy, a group of farmers. But if I had to say something that began with A-S-S-E-M, I would say an assembly rather than assemblage. Yeah, I think I think assemblage art. Otherwise, don't use it. That's my take. That's mine too. Um, I I feel a little less um upset with you, Kathy, for saying assemblage. Now that I know that it's <laughs> art language. <laughs> That makes a little more sense before I thought you were just talking about, you know, for example, a group of farmers in awesome <laughs> I'm fascinated yeah. with these farmers for some reason that are grouping together. What are they doing? <laughs> Why are they there? <laughs> okay, now there's not a good segue here, but Fletcher, we're going to distinguish between amongst three words. Bravery, bravado, and bravura. Okay. All right. Well, one of those I can separate pretty easily. Bravery is uh, the quality of being brave. Right. <laughs> or brave, as I would say. Oh, yes. Yeah. So over there in, in, in Spain. Uh, <laughs> Kathy, you're changing. Uh, bra- bravado uh, is more like, uh, I don't want to say chutzpah, but... Yeah, that's pretty good. A little bit, yeah. I but mean, more like chutzpah with courageous chutzpah. Courageous chutzpah. That, that's good. Yeah, that'll work. Um. And then bravura, 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 bravura. I'm trying to think when I've seen that used. I mean, I know, I know that word. Like, it's not a new word to me, but uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not totally sure on that one. Tell me, tell me how that fits in. That's sort of like the art, art and assemblage, if you will, because bravura is usually a, a, a brilliant performance. It's like a daring, you know, voom, like. The, the dancer, the flamenco dancer is clacking away, and it's like, wow, brava for her bravura. Okay. So how about okay. this? So, uh, I, have you ever watched watched Prince perform? I mean, not, you know, unfortunately he's gone. But did you have you ever seen him in, in live performance? Yes. Not in not a, not a live. Not live live. But... Like on a concert film or something. Yeah. yeah. I would argue that he encapsulates all three of those things um, because he – the bravado is very clear, uh, you know, mm-hmm. a, as he struts around on the stage and wears those ridiculous costumes. Uh, I also think that's very mm-hmm. brave because that's a nearly impossible thing to pull off and uh, mm-hmm. could easily be ridiculed. And, and then it is certainly a bravura performance because he pull, right. he pulls it all off. There's I mean, he, mm-hmm. he's able to do those things that seem like they ought to be ridiculous and they seem incredible and, and and uh, magnificent. I agree. It's a great show of technical skill. Yes, he's technically extremely good, but showy too. The bravado is there. The bravura would be showy. Oh, okay. Bravura has showiness to it. Bravado is like more of a, a courageous, a swagger and a courageous move. I, all right, so it's it's almost like he has showy swagger. I mean, I mean he does definitely, but th- yeah. I guess I guess that's where I'm saying that he pulls off uh, all of those things, right? The yes. only thing I want to interject is a lot of times, and, and certainly for me, I would I would say I've used it that way. A bravado often, not always, but often is you're you're it's you're doing it to to hide the fact that actually you're a little nervous, so you're swaggering because inside you're going, what the hell am I doing here? But you know you're going to go out there with your swagger and and make them love you anyway. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think that a lot of times. For me, at least, I, I more often than not use bravado less in the in the brave sense when you were saying with Prince, but more in the sense of someone who's 
trying to cover up the fact that actually deep down they're a little nervous, but they're but they're coming off like you know they're 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 going to come through anyway. That's interesting because how, what you're saying in a way does it, it adds to bravery. Bravery is basically enabling you to face danger without showing fear. Correct. Bravado is you're not not only not showing fear, you're laughing in the face of danger. And then bravura is you're doing a real good job with that danger as you laugh. So I guess it's much like my life. I think. When I... <laughs> okay, <laughs> I think we're done. <laughs> okay, the next one now is this is an interesting one. This is where we get into basically the ideas of language having sort of meanings that we don't use, we do use, whatever. The difference between bury and inter. Mm. Well, I know. Um... Inter is far more commonly used in crossword puzzles. <laughs> you got it. That's the yeah, that's the answer. <laughs> I guess. Uh, I mean, it, it feels like there's a difference, but I, again, I don't exactly mm-hmm. know what that difference is. This is kind of my theme today. Uh, you know, you can feel it, but I don't. I don't exactly know for sure. Well, we are making it hard on you. Let because... me ask you a question. Okay, well, let me ask you a question, Fletcher. Which is the broader meaning? Which which one encompasses more meanings? Oh, well, I, <laughs> based on my track record so far today, I might get this wrong, but Barry seems broader to me. Yes, I mean Barry is just sticking something uh, underground or underneath something, right? Mm-hmm. I can bury something under a pile of clothes, so I can bury something in the ground. Uh, Correct. Inter is now inter t e r. Does that mean it has to be? In the earth? Correct. Wow. It, it comes from wow. the Latin. Very good. It's in and terra, land. So it's into the land. So you're burying something in the land <laughs> or the terra. And usually, though, it has a meaning of burying a body into the land. And this mm. is where, again, we get into into like language because I wouldn't say I interred uh, my pet parakeet in the backyard. I'd say I buried my pet parakeet, you know, my dead pet parakeet in the yard. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We are cruel to animals. Uh, fictitious animals, I want to say. Yes, exactly. What if it was a very special parakeet to you? I think you could still say inter. Yeah. That might be good. That's a good point. So we're getting basically in terms of meaning, even though we're going a little bit beyond the dictionary meanings to get the idea of feeling behind the words. And inter has like a a very heavy sense to it. It's like a portal again. In a funny way, it's the portal version of Barry. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, we're going to complement this talk with a supplement and the difference between complement and supplement. Okay. Uh, I thought you were going to make me do the two compliments again that we we talked about it a a while back and I... I don't remember. And you were expecting a compliment for your knowledge of compliment. <laughs> the problem yes. is I think I got it wrong then, and I think I was going to get it wrong again here. <laughs> so let's move on to compliment and supplement. Um, supplement is something that uh, you, let's see, when you supplement something, you add to it, and it also helps it along in some way. Um, when you comp- when something complements something, it uh, it. It, it works nicely with it perfect that's the key you hit it right there because mm-hmm. in both cases you're adding something to something but in a supplement you're adding something additional compliment it's something that goes really it goes well with it you're you're, you're adding something that that makes it better or that it improves it or or it, it emphasizes the quality of it 
Whereas a supplement doesn't necessarily do anything but add to it. So it doesn't have to. It doesn't have to help it in any way. It just adds to it. It probably should. It should. It should add to it in the sense of being useful. So in that sense, you it could would be argue, nice. But is it necessary for it to be a supplement? But it's not necessary for it to be an enhancement. A complement is an enhancement. A complement enhances. Of, so it's not. Nece- it's not necessary. It enhances it. It doesn't necessarily. No, it's like you supplement. You supplement your diet with vitamins, right? You uh, supplement. But you're complimenting but, your, you're complimenting it. Too. No, just stop it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if not, I'm taking bad to... vitamins. <laughs> Improvement is not a necessary condition for something to be a s- supplement. Correct. Because okay, there's a supplement. The newspaper you get sales supplements. You don't usually call them yes. that, but you could call them that. Oh, okay. And, Right, so that doesn't that's not necessarily better or worse or anything. It's just it's just something else there. It's something added. But we could also, I mean, the problem with all of these though, are there there are a lot of fuzziness to it because we could say the supplement complements the newspaper because it goes well with the newspaper. Right. You could, but I don't care to say it. <laughs> okay, let us continue, Ross. I'm giving you your segue. Okay. <laughs> We will thank you for the continuation, Kathy. <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. This was another one. This is sort of along the lines of assemblage. I never use the latter word, which we're going to mention now. The difference between continuation and continuance. I knew that's where you were yeah. going. <laughs> yeah. I was starting to sweat as you were as you were saying. That. I know. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, let me think for a second. Hmm. I don't know if I can verbalize this. Continuation just seems like um, something is continuing. It it's still going on. Continuance, oof. Continuance seems more official to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't I don't really know. Okay, first of all, I hate continuance. I don't think I've ever used. Have you have either of you used continuance ever in your lives or not? I hope not, because I apparently don't know what it means. I have no. Not. Uh, the and, and indeed, the only time I hear it is in uh, legal stuff when you, when it's a news story about the law. That's the only time I think of. And I think that's yeah. why I said okay. it sounds more official. But the technical word, Fletcher, you actually had it the opposite of the meaning that are technically meanings. Okay. Continuation means the extension of something which was left incomplete. So I continued, we continued this podcast because we, you know, we were not done. Continuance means the act of remaining for some time, for a period of time in the same state, which is what you, the definition and effect that you used for continuation. And they have a, we, we have here a, an example. The country talks in favor of the continuance of peace. I would never say, I would never use that make that sentence would you no never i would say this country talks in favor of continuing uh or even continuation the state of peace but also the yeah. continuation though is it's continuation is is just carrying something is is either extending or they also have it as the state of remaining in a particular position or condition so oh, that's it, good. Okay, because our yeah. definition here didn't have. No, I just that's what I was saying. I disagree because now I'm looking right now, and I have the state of remaining in a particular position or condition, the action of carrying something on over time, or the state of being carried on, the continuation of discussion. You're right, but the first definition though is the opposite, which is I mean, which is the which we just said, which is interesting. 
Yeah. I don't think continuance. I, I think continuance is. I think we're all correct. Continuance really is technical. Let's leave it at the technical level and then forget the rest of it. Yeah, and, and U.S. law, postponement or an adjournment, continuance. That's the yeah. only time I've ever heard it, and I never really even thought about what it was. To be honest with you, I just looked over it. In my I head. wonder, Kathy, if the that expanded definition that you read is because people have been using continuation, um, in the broader sense. I suspect. So it's been added. Um, when I look at the OED, which is interesting, is I have most of the examples of continuance. Their examples, again, are stopping in the 18, late 1800s. The problem with the OED is they never they haven't finished it. I know. I mean, they're going gradually through the words and they're adding to it. But a lot of stuff is. <laughs> they better get moving. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. It's like I'm getting tired of this. Okay, guys? Yeah. <laughs> no, I have to say I really mistrust uh some of the OED definitions at this point, or do I oh. distrust them? Oh, <laughs> right. Nope. Nope. I got nothing. Okay. It's not a big deal because the, the words tend to, they're sort of mushed together in terms of meaning, but there is a subtle difference that often not always is observed. And when we think about it, it makes sense. And I think you probably instinctively know it. Um, distrust. I distrust Kathy. That's based upon experience or reliable information. And many decades. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mistrust is sort of general. Unease, not necessarily based on specific information. I distrust Kathy's advice, but I mistrust advice from the guy down the street. Do you see what I'm saying? I know the guy down. I don't know the guy down the street. I know Kathy well, it's, very it's, well. I, I, the key to me is, is suspicion. Uh, mistrust is more of a... Is, one of the definitions was to regard with suspicion. And that's that you sort of go like, I feel very uncomfortable about this. There's this mm, feeling. That's mistrust, though. It's more general. Distrust is more that's specific. Miss. Correct. Yeah. Distrust is based on a actual evidence. Yeah. Typically, yeah. Yeah, typically, but not necessarily. Okay. That's the general. One thing that shocked me, though, is I, I had seen some, I, I, I had seen it in an article, and then I looked it up. Mistrust is more frequently used than distrust. And I, that surprised me, because I, I don't really know how much I use either, but I would have thought that you'd use distrust more than mistrust. I don't know that I've ever said I mistrust that. I usually say I don't trust that, actually. I don't usually use either. But they're both sort of formal words. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I don't think, like, like in, in conversation, you'd say, like, oh, I, I, I mistrust that. I don't trust him. That's what I would say. You're right. Yeah. You know, we hear... Uh, these days, especially a lot about misinformation and disinformation, and those are mm -hmm. two different things, right? Misinformation is is incorrect information. Disinformation is specifically designed to to mislead you. Mis means mis technically means wrong, and dis means not, and dis means not or opposite. So they're kind of like they're sort of fuzzily this. I mean, here we go again. But yeah, but I, I mean, you're right because dis is 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 the not. Well, because I mean, it comes from the. I mean, it, to be technical, it comes from uh, mis comes from minus from the Latin, minus or technically be pronounced minus, meaning less. So then, it, from there, it became so a mischief, I guess, would be less chief. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but um, I, can't, I can't think of one. I'm trying to think of one right now, but um, uh, dis. Now I'm saying so. Dis is not so that so one is mis Latin. Okay, from, miss uh, miss is, is wrongly, badly, or unsuitably. Yeah, and then the lat the Latin dis comes from um, uh, a part. So like uh, disassemble. 
disassemblage. Yeah. <laughs> but the, it's interesting, though, because in Latin, you usually used to use de, D-E, and then dis became favored in late Latin. And then it um, it's also related to twice. So it's it's basically it's related to bis, which is bis, which is twice. So it's basically has the feeling of um, the opposite of the other thing. But interestingly enough, we're, we're getting confusing here because the meanings tend to be overlapping in the sense of they're both not great. You know, you don't want to do it. I'm just thinking though of disinformation versus misinformation though. I'm sorry because that 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 I'm just. It seems to me that on one, okay, misinformation. Like we go back to intent again. To right. me, I, yes. I, is that misinformation is is wrong, right? But disinformation is deliberately wrong to me, right? Yeah, that's right. Think about being if you're misinformed, that just means y you have an incorrect assumption. Mm -hmm. If you've been disinformed, then someone has deliberately told you the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, disinformation is deliberate. Misinformation is just wrong information. Right. Interestingly, disinformation yeah. went back at, at 19, 1887. They started using disinformation. That is very interesting because we have another one coming up that is, I mean, we're, we're giving it away, but uh, we talked about this a long time ago. We were, it's, it goes into the miss and un in this case. Uninterested and miss and disinterested. Do you remember those, Fletcher? Oh, I kind, I kind of do. Um Right. Okay. Uh, I mean, I don't remember talking about that with you, really, but I, I kind of remember this from somewhere. So, okay. Well, we had a hundred episodes. Come on. Of course, you can't remember them all. <laughs> yeah. And we've recorded all of them back to back. And I'm exhausted. <laughs> I, know, I just long flew day. in from Vegas, and boy, are my eyes tired. <laughs> so, if if I'm uninterested, that just means I don't have interest in that thing. If I'm disinterested, it means I'm more like bored. Yeah. Actually, no. no. Yeah, okay. indifferent. No. Disinterested can mean indifferent, Ross. Yeah, but it, but it, but it basically it means it's not bored though, because bored is being actively not interested. Disinterested means you don't really have any. It's indifferent because you're not interested in it at all. There's not really. It's a lacking. It's not a like. It's not an engagement with it. You have no bias towards it. Disinterested can be a judge is disinterested in the. Uh, plaintiff's uh, point of view in the sense that he doesn't care what the plaintiff's race. He does not. It's free from bias. There's no bias. Yes. Free from bias. Uninterested means you're not. So it's a different type of feeling to it. They used to be opposite, though, interestingly enough, the meaning. What do you mean? Disinterested used to mean uninterested and uninterested used to mean <laughs> disinterested. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It is nutty. Yeah, they were first the reverse. Absolutely. The, this is a case, though, I got to tell you, I don't know how you guys feel. I think that we could just use them to mean the same. I think that that's like really being nitpicky to say the dis versus on on that. That's so interesting. I am completely not disinterested in what you just said. <laughs> because <laughs> no i think that to me that's really uh, i think it's sort of important i think disinterested it can be very positive you you want a judge who's disinterested in the person's background because he's going to make a very fair say impartial don't say disinterested okay but i i think disinterested has a certain role uninterested to me is is pejar is negative you're, you're, that was an uninteresting movie i mean in that sense it's a negative thing disinterested can be very positive I want like a a, dis a doctor disinterested in, you know, my past or whatever, or, you know, I mean, or a lawyer, I mean, a judge. I, I think it's an important distinction, actually. I'm on Ross's side with this. So uninteresting 
it, that thing just isn't interesting to me. Disinterest, disinterested, I, I have no interest in this. I have no bias have, in this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, do, I do think, I, I don't think you should use them interchangeably, certainly. I, I, I'm fine with impartial, Kathy, but I don't think you should use disinterested for uninterested. I don't think that works. You might have a point. <laughs> okay, the one thing that does strike me is that disinterested can mean uninterested, but uninterested really can't mean the technical meaning of disinterested. Mm -hmm. So you yes. can use disinterested to mean sloppily, to mean uninterested, but you never run across uninterested being used to mean disinterested, which makes me yeah, think that you guys are right. <laughs> like, <okay. laughs> why don't we just stick with like a sort of basic definition of each and stick with it? I'm going to stick with impartial. Like, yeah, instead of doing all sorts of contortions to make ourselves feel better. <laughs> why? I, that's the whole basis of this podcast, Ron. <laughs> dropping it now <laughs> i'm i'm disinterested <laughs> okay facsimile fletcher versus copy this is really this is actually this was interesting. getting a little bit much I but it's this interesting, was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh well okay here's how it feels to me again no idea if that's this has any basis in reality a a copy seems like an exact replica a facsimile feels like an approximation wrong yep. <laughs> it's exactly the opposite Man, that, boy that's like the third time i've done that but yeah but you're getting the concept yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i i would facsimile is is which makes sense because it's two it used to be written as two different words facsimile i mean actually okay but facsimile is 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 technically just making a copy but it really means the exact copy whereas making a copy is making a copy <laughs> it's like reproducing aspects however we do have the fuzziness uh, we do have the fuzziness of overlapping an exact copy can be a copy as well. <laughs> facsimile makes sure facsimile is like shouted out. It's an exact copy. Incidentally, do you guys know the, the what the uh, why it's the word, the origin of the word? Because it's fac is is the Latin uh, term for make. It's the imperative. Do this. And simile. Make. And then simile is obviously copy. So yeah, it's make a copy. Literally, it's sort of an order. Make a copy. Okay, so a facsimile is exactly one hundred percent. A duplication of the other thing. Mm -hmm. A copy is um, a duplication, but not necessarily exactly perfectly the same. Right. Pretty much. It could be, but it's not necessarily. So now, where does replica come in here? Well, <laughs> actually, make sure the let, let's let's do replica with reproduction because <laughs> we have two. This is two different words. Okay. This is getting a little bit much. But what do you think? What's a general feel for the difference between replica and reproduction? Reproduction. Replica sounds like something that's sold at the museum shop to me. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's actually a good one though. And a, a replica, a rep, a replica, a reproduction. I mean, a, you know, it, to, to me, like a uh, a reproduction is like a uh, a screen print. Um, it, you know, it's done again. I've reproduced that. Uh, a replica is more. I, I get again. I guess perfect. 
this is more, I mean, this is, these, this, this isn't technical. This is in general usage, generally speaking, or often speaking. And again, we go back to our, you know, talk about rules. I mean, there's no rule specifically replica usually is, um, it's non-functional. It looks like it, but it doesn't work. Reproduction tends to be, it looks like it and it works. It's just not the original. Oh, but that's really general. I mean, this is. Th oh, that I thought makes it was sense when I think about. But yeah, but okay now, okay, a painting, you don't or, or a sculpture. A sculpture doesn't work to begin with. So is it a replica or reproduction? A replica can also just be. It doesn't necessarily. I mean, we're we're talking about co uh, working in this case, but a, like they have a replica statue, like at the museum, which I think you're right. But I think yeah. that in that case, is, I would say it'd be, it would be uh, interchangeable. It could be either one. But if yeah. we're talking about something with function, let's say um, you, uh, the first bicycle that Eddie Merckx <laughs> won the Tour de France on, right? <laughs> this is very specific. <laughs> Who knows? Um, a, a, a replica would be something that looks like that, but you couldn't ride it. Whereas a reproduction, you could ride. Or at least you could push it around and the yeah. wheels would move. Correct. Yeah. Okay. But it's not, I mean, that's not a hard and fast rule. People are not going to look at you oddly if you're riding around on a replica of the <laughs> first two bicycle. Or they might be. I don't know how well you ride your bike. But... <laughs> This episode of You're Saying It Wrong has been produced by me, Fletcher Powell, help from Beth Golay and Luann Stevens in the studios of KMUW in Wichita, Kansas. You're Saying It Wrong is a worldwide affair. Kathy Petrus records from her home in Granada, Spain. Ross Petrus from his home in Toronto, Ontario in Canada. If you have a question for Kathy and Ross, you can tweet it at us. We're at YSIWpod. Email them at kandrpetrus at gmail.com or email me at powell at kmuw.org. And if you like what we're doing, leave us a rating or better yet, a review on your podcast platform of choice. Kathy and Ross's book, You're Saying It Wrong, was published by 10 Speed Press. You can find that and much of their other work pretty much anywhere you get books. We recommend your local independent bookstore. And, of course, Kathy and Ross are always up to something. You can check out their other work through their website, kandrpetras.com. That's K-A-N-D-R-P-E-T-R-A-S dot com. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks.